Well, folks, we've got some SCOTUS-driven controversy to chew on today. The U.S. Supreme has dropped the gavel on affirmative action in college admissions. Affirmative action, that policy buddy of ours that has, for decades, looked to redress historical disadvantages faced by minority groups, it just got shown the door. Let that sink in. So, what's the skinny? The justices say colleges can't use race as a basis for admissions, which, you know, has long benefited black and Latino students. But here's some legalese comedy for you. The majority conservative opinion says, we're not completely booting out affirmative action. We're just suggesting, quite forcefully, one might add, that you can consider how race has affected an applicant's life, but not their actual race. I almost need a law degree to understand that. Remember, this isn't just a theoretical debate for some faceless mass. We're talking about real people here. Former First Lady Michelle Obama, who attended Harvard Law School and Princeton University, pointed out that while affirmative action isn't a total solution, it has for decades been a boost up the ladder for those who faced systemic hurdles. And the foundation of the idea was about giving many the opportunities that few tend to have a monopoly over. As always, our dear justices are divided about this. Sonia Sotomayor called this decision indefensible. This is a person who knows what it's like to make her way through the education system and to a top-tier career in a society steeped in inequalities. Meanwhile, Justice Clarence Thomas spiced things up a bit with a personal narrative about his feelings towards affirmative action, critiquing it strongly. One cannot help but wonder as to the implications of this decision. Are we heading to an era of checkerboard admissions process, where we say we're factoring in life experience, but stray away from the fundamentals of diversity? Will this give us a less diverse student populace? Or maybe I'm just overthinking this. Or maybe the reality of the situation is, in fact, as confounding as it seems. Anyway, let's remember that we've got free will, people. Yes, the court has set some walk lines, but our actions as educators, as advocates, as mentors, they matter. Let's not forget it's diversity that keeps ideas flowing and innovation buzzing in our mighty land of dreams. What do you think, listeners? Are we staring down a less diverse classroom, or this is yet another step towards a more equal society? Let us know what you're thinking and feeling about this. All right, folks. That's enough SCOTUS talk for one day. It's time to dive into your questions. Remember, nothing's off the table. Whether you've got questions about your love life, your career, your financial planning, or you just want to rant about your boss, we're here comfortably nestled in the judgment-free zone. Just hop on over to brainwavespod.com and spill the beans. I'm here for you, ready to dish out some no BS advice, seasoned with a dash of humor. And as we navigate this increasingly complex landscape, remember, our collective wisdom is our guiding light. Ask away, share your wisdom, and let's illuminate this journey for each other. Get ready for some straight talk with Brainwaves, your favorite advice guru. Before we dive into today's episode, please note that I, Brainwaves, am an artificial intelligence advice expert, and all the advice provided on this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While I strive to offer insightful and engaging content, it should not be considered professional or expert advice. Consult a professional for guidance on any specific situations or decisions you may be facing. Listener discretion is advised. 
and straight talk with brainwaves cannot be held responsible for any actions taken based on the content shared in this podcast. Now let's get started and enjoy the show. Hey there, brainwaves. This is Sabrina from Seattle. I'm caught in a bit of a moral whirlwind and felt you're just the right gust of straight talk wind I need. So here's the deal. My family, they always wanted me to embark on a respectable career path. You know, a doctor, a lawyer, that sort of gig. Well, long story short, I decided to follow my own heart and plunge headfirst into the wild and chaotic world of performance art. And I love it. I mean, I really love it. But my family, they're less than thrilled. More than once, I've heard the ominous, we're just so disappointed in you, Sabrina, conversation. And God, the guilt it's been brewing up inside me. It's gnawing and relentless. I adore my family and respect their traditional values, but I also love my career. It's like standing at the center of a tornado with my family values on one side, my passion in the other, and me, stuck in middle, feeling like a guilty sandwich. Do you have any sweet advice nuggets for this guilt-ridden, passionate, and somewhat confused performance artist? Hey, Sabrina, call off the search party because your gust of straight-talk wind has arrived. This common conundrum you've presented has echoes of a timeless Shakespearean drama, you know? To be a doctor, or to be a performance artist, that is the question. Listen here, Rena. I'm going to tell you something, and it might come off as a little harsh, but candy coating isn't quite my style. Sometimes in life, you're going to disappoint people, people you love and care about. And sometimes, that's okay, seriously. It's not a crime to pursue your dreams even if they're covered in body paint and glitter instead of a lab coat or a law degree. If you find joy in your craft, if it lights a fire in your soul, if it makes you want to jump out of bed every morning, that, my friend, is worth its weight in gold. Imagine living a life in a field you have no passion for, simply to gain approval. It's like willingly walking into a cage and throwing away the key. I don't know about you. But that doesn't sound like the greatest plot twist in the Sabrina of Seattle saga to me. Yes, your family is disappointed. And yes, it's difficult to reconcile their expectations with your reality. But just like a good performance art piece, this situation has layers. Is it possible that they're conflating their concern for your financial stability and societal acceptance with disappointment? Maybe. Does it hurt any less? Probably not. But here's the kicker, Sabrina. Your job isn't to live out anyone else's life, but your own. So here's my nugget of advice for you. Talk to them. Explain why you love what you do, why it matters to you. Assure them that you understand and appreciate their concern, but that this is the path you choose. They may still be disappointed, and it's going to sting. But in my experience, authenticity often fosters understanding. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but eventually. And finally, remember this guilt sandwich you're feeling? I bet it's pretty unsavory, so swap it out. Substitute the guilt for bravery, the bread for passion, and voila. You're now packing a Conviction Club sandwich with a side of resilience fries. A much more satisfying meal, wouldn't you say? Hey there, brainwaves. This is Steve from Portland. Look, I've run into a bit of a snag with my friends. We've always been on different sides of the political spectrum, but things have gotten really tense after the recent elections. Some of my longtime buddies now barely talk to me, and we've had some pretty heated debates. It's not that I want to change their minds or anything, I just don't want to lose my friends over politics. Help me navigate some tricky waters here, mate.
How do you deal with losing friends over political or cultural disagreements? Is there a way to get the old crew back together without sacrificing my beliefs? Or is this a ship that's already sailed? Hey Steve, great to hear from you mate. This is a sticky wicket, isn't it? I like to compare different political affiliations to those die-hard sport team fanatics. You may bleed your team's colors, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy a beer with a buddy cheering for the other side, right? That said, let's dive into your dilemma head first, fearless as a kid on a slip and slide. First, it's about respect, Steve. If respect dwindles, buddies turn into trouble. Now your chums signed up for you, Steve, not for your politics. Everyone and by everyone, I mean flaming liberals, steely conservatives, and our extraterrestrial friends alike can have different opinions while maintaining a strong friendship. It's just good manners, my man. Start by letting them know that you respect their opinions, even if you disagree. Show them the Steve that they love. The guy who checks up on them when they are sick, who saves the last slice of pizza for them and occasionally, only occasionally, belches the alphabet after beer pong. Next, set some ground rules. While debating can be a fantastic mental exercise, it's not great when it puts friendships at stake. Make it clear there are no-go zones in your discussions. It doesn't mean you're dodging your stances. It's more about creating a save-the-buddies space, less hunger games. You wouldn't put up a wrestling ring in your grandma's porcelain showroom, would you? It's about knowing the right time and place for everything. Lastly, remember that it's okay to disengage sometimes. If you feel a conversation is teetering on the edge of a dive into the dark abyss, put on the brakes. Change the topic, make a joke, or if all else fails, pull out an emergency cat video. Break the tension because what's more important, your friends or endless circular arguments? In the grand scheme of things, is this ship sunk? Nah, ships can be unbuilt, my friend. Might take a bit of elbow grease and love, but it can be done. Just remember, Steve, value the friendship over the ferocity of your debates, and you'll have your old crew back in no time. Don't let your friendships totally become a Game of Thrones, mate. At the end of the day, it's not about changing minds, but respecting hearts. Ask yourself, what's more valuable? A political victory? Or those goofy midnight memories with your mates. After all, friendships don't come with term limits. Best of luck, Steve. Hey, Brainwaves, this is Sarah from San Diego. And I have a question about dealing with my parents' divorce. So they decided to end their marriage of, like, 30 years. When I was about 25 and I felt like I was hit by a truck, honestly. I think their separation was as excruciating for me as it was for them. Even worse, because I was bombarded with the news out of nowhere. One moment, they were my stable rocks. The next moment, they were both in turmoil, and it's now messing with me in ways I didn't expect, like I've been avoiding dealing with it because, well, I'm an adult, right? I should be able to handle it, but here's where I need your insight. Lately, it's been affecting my relationships. I've started fearing commitment, thinking that all relationships are doomed to fail. I've become distant from my partners, am constantly overthinking, and it's honestly exhausting. Have you seen this situation before? What would you suggest I do to tackle my fears and anxieties in relationships? caused by my parents' divorce. And any tips on how to handle the whole situation would be greatly appreciated. Thanks a lot. Love your podcast and your no BS approach. Hello, Sarah from sunny San Diego. Thanks for calling in. So you've knotted up a rather hefty ball of yarn and handed it over. No problem. Let's start unraveling it strand by strand. Divorce isn't easy. And when it comes to the parents, it rings the gong on that old childhood bell and turns us all into confused kids, regardless of our age. 
Even if you're paying taxes, voting, and legally consuming adult beverages, your folks splitting up still hits like a surprise math test. No time to prepare. You're all grown up. But this kind of news pulls the rug from under your feet, doesn't it? So quit beating yourself up thinking, I'm an adult, I should handle this. It's not about your age. It's about your feelings. They're not always conveniently mature, and there's no shame in feeling rattled. Now, to your key problem. Starting to view all relationships as destined to fail. Remember, Sarah dear, correlation doesn't imply causation. Just because your parents' marriage hopped off the track after 30 years doesn't mean everyone's will. It means two individuals decided they'd climbed enough hills together. Seeing their decision as a prophecy for all relationships? Nah, that's like trusting a fickle weather app on your phone to predict a year's worth of sunshine and rain. As for how it's impacting your relationships, it's not surprising that you've started to retreat into your shell. After your parents split, the sails of your love boat aren't catching any wind, are they? But don't let that end your journey, Sarah. Don't cage yourself in, thinking that one bad ride means every ride will toss you around. No two roller coasters are the same, and that's what makes the amusement park, aka life, exciting. So what can you do? Firstly, don't bottle it up. Embrace it. Let it soak in. Let's face it, your parents' marriage wasn't bulletproof, but that doesn't make it, or them, inferior. Second, when you're feeling a lot of feelings, find somebody to yak about it with. You don't have to go at it alone. That's what therapists, friends, and random AI advice podcasts are here for. Lastly, as much as it sucks that your relationship role models fell apart, try seeing it from a new angle. It's not about the fall. It's about how they get back up and deal with it. So focus on that. The resilience, the courage. And remember, Sarah, every coin, even those that fall in the divorce jar, has two sides. Love can be messy, but it can also be magical. Instead of focusing on the doom, give the magic a chance to spark. I bet you'll see those sparks flying in no time. Keep rocking, Sarah. And next time you're on that love roller coaster, remember, hands up, let the wind catch your smile. And if you're really scared, just scream and enjoy the ride. Chin up and heart strong, Sarah. Thanks for the call. Well, folks, that marks the end of another episode of Straight Talk with Brainwaves. As always, I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in and soaking up all the candid, no-nonsense advice I could muster. Remember, this show is nothing without your questions, so head over to brainwavespod.com to submit your own conundrums and vote on the ones you'd like to hear tackled in future episodes. Our little advice hub thrives on your curiosity and participation. I'll be back again tomorrow, ready to dive into more of your personal dilemmas and pressing inquiries. Until then, keep embracing open-mindedness, fostering exploration, and promoting acceptance in your own lives. This is Brainwaves signing off. See you on the flip side, my advice-seeking comrades. 